electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Keynote by CNBC Events. I'm Courtney Reagan. On this podcast, we bring you in-depth, candid conversations with executives, experts, and thought leaders. Today, you'll hear from the CEO of Chewy, Sumit Singh. With 20 million active customers, Chewy is a destination for all things animal, from pet food to telehealth appointments with veterinarians. And with pet adoption on the rise during the pandemic, Chewy has seen exponential growth in demand for its goods and services. Sang joined me at CNBC's Evolve Retail Livestream on August 24, 2021, to talk about building and maintaining a loyal customer base and how he sees the company expanding beyond pet food. Here's our conversation. Sumit, there's so many things that, that we could talk about, but I would sort of like to talk about the changing pet ownership habits that you've seen just most recently, because that does sort of alter perhaps the strategy or enhance the strategy that you were already undertaking at Chewy.com as so many more Americans decided to add a pet to their family during the pandemic. What did you see, uh, particularly during the height of the pandemic, and what are you seeing now? Yeah, sure. So first of all, I think it's important to acknowledge that you know, pets to us, uh, pet parents or people who run the company, it's always been an emotive category. And pets have always had the ability to bring people together. So in some way, you know, they're a really warm uh, sort of, uh, you know, medium of companionship. And I think what the pandemic did was because it created a level of isolation and, you know, all of us as either pet parents or non-pet parents were sort of hunkered down at, at our houses, you know, it sort of just opened up a space for each of us to invite, you know, for some of us new pet parents and others existing pet parents to invite a lot more pets into our household. So what you saw was, you know, a, a rapid increase in adoptions uh, throughout the pandemic. And by the way, that trend is still pretty favorable relative to if you look at five-year five year kegers. So last year, you know, pets were adopted at a rate of 15 times kind of the five-year kager previously observed. And overall, pets, uh, you know, in households increased, pet engagement increased, the spending around pets increased, and the shelter and the rescue communities across North America were at the forefront, sort of, you know, feeding that funnel. And, you know, companies like Chewy, you know, were figuring out a way to partner with shelters and rescues to be able to participate in that mission. So in some way, you know, we were present at the forefront of it, and then we were present or wanted to be present and are present in taking care of millions of customers who adopted pets during the pandemic. And so I have used Chewy.com before. It is very convenient to get things that are pretty heavy delivered right to you, particularly on the auto ship program that you have. So I don't really have to think about uh, accidentally running low on cat food or some cat essential when I need it. But how does that become a competitive, sustainable advantage over time? Couldn't someone else just model that pet uh, delivery service very closely after Chewy.com? Yeah, I think it's, uh, if you look at it just as a delivery service, I think ultimately, in our opinion, any service or idea can be emulated over time. But, you know, the sustainable advantage of a company to me, Courtney, is about the speed of innovation 
and the care of quality or experience that a company delivers to its customers, not just from the first time that they buy, but on a repeated basis after that. And I think that's where Chewy is really, really good at. So it's not just about the repeatable AutoShip service that customers use. If you've been customer for over three years, what you will notice is that just in the last three years, we've credibly moved into adding numerous choices for customers, whether it's in food or accessories, or whether it's opening up a whole new healthcare ecosystem for consumers where they can buy a prescription medication online in a manner that they weren't buying before, where we launched you know, telehealth services during the pandemic when we wanted to connect customers and veterinarians together, or whether it's offering you know, uh, integration of 6,000 shelters and rescues directly onto our website and launching pet adoption services. So I think for Chewy, the way that we service our customers and the way that our brand ladders up to the values of community and association, it just drives long-term memories and fuels loyalty behind our brand that consumers remember, recognize, and appreciate, and that's why they keep coming back. It's sort of like, you know, remember the first time when you went to Disney and you had such a great experience, and then you were like, <laughs> I wish I could go back again, and you had a great experience again. And so it's about, you know, it's about yes. these compounding, amplifying experiences that just drives consumers back and builds loyalty over time. And I think that's what we're really all about. And Sumit, I've heard some good examples when you're talking about sort of cementing the relationship with customers and what you offer them, and then they give you loyalty in return. Can I push you to give us some of those examples that have really touched customers that you think have made them Chewy.com customers for life? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I mean, I have so many. I, you know, we could we could be here for an hour, but I'll I'll quickly come up with a few. Uh, you know, during, uh, I'll take you through a gamut here. So a customer called in one day and she said, you know, this was an older lady who lived in a New York apartment about, uh, you know, several floors up. And she called in to us and said, look, my concierge or my doorman is actually out and my Chewy delivery is supposed to come and I don't know how to bring it up. Well, so our customer care agent took it upon themselves and they first tried to research options of how they could get that package up to her apartment. And ultimately, you know, they had this brilliant idea where they actually ordered a pizza. And they tipped the pizza delivery guy to take the box up to her apartment. And not only did we deliver her a free pizza, we actually delivered her that box, you know, in the time when she needed it the most. And, and it's, it's these kind of experiences. It's this type of creativity. It's this type of empowerment that, you know, is, is, is ingrained in our culture or in the way that we encourage our team members to think about you know, developing and delivering customer experiences that drive that loyalty, I think is what makes Chewy a special place to work at. Yeah, that's that's a really good example. I think we'll always remember that. And I'm going to remember that, too. Next time I need someone to bring something heavy up to my door, I'm going to order a pizza uh, to get them to come all the way up. Um, can I ask you a little bit about leading the company during the IPO? Obviously, Chewy was at, at one point part of another company. It then uh, spun off and and became its own entity as a publicly traded company. I can't imagine that that was an easy process. But if you can just walk us through maybe some lessons that you learned there, some things that you think might be important if you were to do it again to share with the audience because again this is an audience of your peers that may be wondering exactly how you did it with success sure that's a great question uh, and one i haven't thought about for a while because we've all been so busy uh, you know just growing the company but first of all taking the company public was a testament to everybody's hard work you know those who came before us those who are here now and those uh, you know who worked so hard to deliver the value propositions that we deliver so consistently 
I guess the learning, you know, the main learnings to us were, hey, let's, let's, first of all, let's make sure that our story is well understood and well told not just from a customer point of view, but in this particular case, the audience, which would have been the investor community out in the marketplace and the analyst community that was going to cover it post kind of launch. So it was very important for us to take the time to be able to look within ourselves and find mission orientation and to say, okay, what's the long-term roadmap that we want to fall behind that we want to clearly articulate? So that, that, that was a very helpful exercise for us to go through as a company because when you're a really young company growing really fast, you can find yourself you know, doing a lot of things and an exercise like this brings you back together and make sure that your notes pointed in the right direction. The second thing as we were preparing the company, I think culturally it was important for us to you know, ingrain sort of a long-term oriented thinking. And that's something that we've always had and always been good at, but it's important for team members to recognize that, hey, an IPO is a recognition or a celebration of hard work and the future potential of a company's growth and societal value that a company can deliver and the brand awareness that it can actually gather along the way. It's not meant to be quick awards. It's not meant to be a focus shift from long-term to quarterly focus, et cetera, et cetera. So in that way, you know, we, we've done, in my opinion, a really good job maintaining the customer centricity for the company, which uh, I've seen can actually distract or, or take other companies off focus. And, you know, in my peer CEO groups, we actually have this conversation all the time. So that's something that we're actually tremendously proud of. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, you mentioned before about the Televet services, which I find very compelling. Um, obviously, there are things that no one likes to do, and I think one of them is to take your pet to the vet. Um, it's sort of a stressful experience for everyone. Can you tell us a little bit about how these services are being used and how you may look to evolve them in the future? What else could you offer to a Chewy customer through Televet visits? I know if it's a medical thing, it could be somewhat limited, I suppose, with how um, observing a pet could be done digitally. Sure, sure. A uh, couple of questions there. Let's un unpack them one by one. So first of all, the way the service came about was during the pandemic when veterinarian capacity was compromised or vet clinics were shut down you know, due to the stay-at-home orders, customers still had pets and they had needs. And so, you know, we started to receive calls, and as we were listening to customers, they kept asking for options to be connected to veterinarians. You know, we've thought of our, ourselves, we're, we're an e-tailer, obviously, you know, we're an online company, but we've always thought of ourselves as an experience-led company on the back of product and technology. And so, you know, our, our, our teams came together across product and customer care and tech, 
And we sat down and we said, okay, how quickly can we bring a solution to life that can connect veterinarians on one side and customers on the other? So literally on the back of an idea like that is, you know, something like a telehealth service that actually launched. And we launched it in about 45 days. It was in market, four markets in about 45 days. And about, in about four months following that, we, uh, you know, followed through with a nationwide launch. So the type of challenges that we're solving, think about it. If Wuzzy felt sick at Friday evening at 8 p.m., the veterinarians are essentially closed. So you have an option to either wait up until Monday or you have an option to go into an emergency clinic. And those can be either there can be accessibility challenges there or affordability concerns there. And so, you know, us working with licensed veterinarians at Friday 8 p.m. when, you know, Wuzzy's had, had, had something or, you know, Charlie's had a chocolate piece and, and pet parents are just concerned it eliminates the pain point of you having to search Google University and instead talk to a licensed veterinarian in real time. <laughs> another, another, advantage, another advantage that we've seen is, see, veterinarians in the United States, Courtney, the capacity of veterinarians is outpacing the demand for vet capacity. And so what happens is that a lot of unqualified leads end up at the veterinarians, which a service like this can effectively solve uh, you know, from a pain point standpoint. So we, you know, about, about two-thirds of our leads that get generated back into the veterinarians' clinics are qualified leads where the vet knows that a peer vet has actually seen the pet and there must be something that is of timely importance for me to be able to, you know, diagnose and treat. And so in some way, it's a very effective triage service, both for pet parents and for driving qualified traffic back into the veterinarians. Absolutely. I think that is going to come in handy in the future. Wazzy seems to always have emergencies at 8 o'clock on Friday nights. And you're right, those uh, emergency pet care clinics are not always the most convenient or economical solution. If you can get a little triage first, that sounds like a, a good thing. Sure. Obviously, Chewy.com has a really intense focus on its customer, on the consumer. I know you have experience at Amazon before, which was also the ESO ethos there at that company created by uh, Jeff Bezos. I'm wondering... Could Chewy.com ever go a little further, expand beyond pets or maybe to more exotic pets or maybe even to humans with all of the capabilities that you've developed when it comes to delivering things on an auto membership and getting creative ways to get heavy things up four flights of stairs in a New York City apartment? I think it's a great question. And there are a couple of dimensions to think about it. You know, as a brand... First of all, you have to think, as a brand, is the brand extensible to serving outside the core areas that we serve in? And there you have to answer the question, you know, generally, I think leaders get caught in this notion of, do we have the capability? I think the question that should be asked before that is, do you have permission from customers to engage in a manner? Are you able to earn trust and build trust with customers, even if you had superior capability to extract yourselves out of a current core competency into another one? And I believe that, yes, Chewy does, right? Uh, I mean, we have, you know, incredible customer trust. We seem to understand our customers well. We seem to work backwards from customers really well and develop solutions that ultimately are going to service their needs. So do we have permission from customers? Yes. At the same time, when you look at the work that we have to do in pet, I mean, our mission is to be the most trusted, convenient destination for pet parents and partners everywhere. And I would say, Courtney, we're about, you know, early, we're early in that journey of being that destination for not just end customers, but serving the community that services pet. And then, you know, when the time is ready, we also have our eyes on international expansion, you know. Uh, and so for us, it's been a matter of focus in doing, the, doing our best in the pet category. 
and serving you know, millions of pet parents. We have 20 million active customers. The U.S. pet market is about 100 million. It's about 110 billion in the U.S. in terms of TAM, and there's another 150 billion that exists globally. So you know, could we do it? Do we have permission from customers to expand outside of pet? Absolutely. But uh, you know, are we focused on pet for the, for the, for the time being? Absolutely. I like that. Do we have permission from customers? That should be the first question rather than the capability. Well, I could continue, but I want to make sure I get a, a viewer question or two in here. So this one is a simple question, but I bet it's a complex answer. So from one of our viewers, Sumit, uh, what keeps you up at night? Uh, what keeps me up at night? Uh, what keeps me up at night is I spend a lot of my time thinking as we scale, how are we protecting customer orientation? Uh, you know, is our customer centricity, which is which has made us so great, is that intact at the core? Uh, you know, number two, you have to constantly ask yourselves: Is the culture right scaling and delivering the great customer experiences that you want your team members to deliver? And so, you know, a deliberate and intentional focus on building a culture where innovation is rewarded, communication is efficient, collaboration is effective, and ultimately, you know, leads to delivering better customer experiences is how you win, uh, you know, for long periods of time to come. So I think about those kind of things a lot. That was Chewy CEO Sumit Singh. He joined me for CNBC's Evolve live stream on August 24th, 2021. The keynote is produced by the CNBC events team. For more information on upcoming CNBC events and how you can join us, please visit cnbcevents.com. I'm Courtney Reagan. Thanks for listening. I live by routines, especially my same-day delivery routine with Shipt. Because when Sunday rolls around, I'm not scared. I got my shopper on the way with all my favorites. Shipt, delight in every delivery. Learn more at Shipt.com.